I want to welcome, uh, repeat the welcome to each of you uh, that are here today. Um, we're just, Kathy and I have been gone for a couple of weeks. We haven't missed two Sundays in a row at, at the Vine in a long time. And boy, Chris, is it ever good to be back. And thanks to the team for the, the wonderful praise. We're just so glad to be back. Um, a couple of parents, I, uh, we have visitors today as always, but I do believe that uh, Katie Ann's parents are here, if I'm not mistaken. And good. And also Richard Van Gorder's parents are here. Uh, they minister in Germany to Iranian folks um, who have become Christians. And I got a chance to visit with them uh, today. And so we want to welcome uh, them in a, in a very special way. Uh, and, and any other visitors who are here. I, I'm, I'm so glad to see Kevin standing up there. With, you know, I, I thought he'd have maybe just too much jet lag having just flown back from Africa to be here, but there he was leading our praise. And uh, Kevin, uh, welcome back to you. We're anxious to hear uh, about your, your trip. <clears throat> I think most of you know, <clears throat> excuse me, that Warren Gray, our, our regular minister, is on vacation with his family for a couple of weeks. And today, Katie Ann Herring is going to uh, bring us uh, the lesson today. And we're glad about that. Katie Ann uh, graduated from ACU last year. My son David had her in a couple of classes and commended her so strongly to us as such a, a great Christian woman and, and serious uh, disciple of the Lord um, Jesus. And we're so glad to have Katie Ann here working with our, in our youth and family uh, ministry at this time. She's also a full-time student up at Truett Seminary in Waco, so she's staying very busy. And Katie Ann is um, looking to become a chaplain one day and serve the Lord in that way in a very full-time fashion, doing preaching and teaching and ministering to people in, in that way. And um, so she's going to bring our lesson today. I, I, I want to say a personal word, um, and that is that as, as many of us have gotten to know Katie Ann in these last several months, we have discovered this young woman who just loves God so deeply, loves his word so strongly, and loves people in such a sincere way. And so we're just delighted and so thankful that she is here working with our church. We just feel blessed by that, and, and we're glad that she can be here to bring to us uh, the word of God. So Katie Ann, come and preach to us this morning. Bring God's word to us. Good morning. At this time, we have Children's Church for the children if uh, grades through second grade now. So three-year-olds to second grade, and then there's a nursery over there also um, for anybody that would like to have any ruckus. Savannah's over there, so you won't be hearing her scream. <laughs> but it's been good to be here, and I want to thank you for this opportunity that um, I get to stand up here and sharpen my skills. And this is a lot of first for this is my first sermon preaching to a congregation. And so get that out of the way if it's a little rocky. Forgive me. But uh, next week we'll have Lyle preaching, who was in ministry for 40, was it 40 years or something? 40 plus years? Yeah. So he'll be a lot more experienced next week. And so hope you're back and wanting to hear that. This morning, I, when Warren said, hey, we want you to preach a Sunday when I'm gone, I said, great, do you have a topic for me? He goes, anything in the Bible. So I decided to um, pick my favorite gospel story, and I love this story because 
you get to see like this miracle, but it's also just like a really cool party trick. Like if, if we were at some church party and somebody started walking on water, like it would be the talk of the town. There would be YouTube videos. We'd be YouTube famous. Like it would be awesome. So this is why it is one of my favorite stories, just because it shows so much and so little of a time and just a couple of steps in reality. So if you can turn to me with Matthew 14, uh, we'll be in verses 22 through 34, and that's kind of where we'll stay the entire time. Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd, and after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up onto the mountains by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but when the, but the boat was but this, by this time, the boat was long away before the land, beaten by the waves, and the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when he saw his disciples, when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, and they yelled, "It's a ghost!" For they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, "Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid." And Peter answered to him, "Lord." If it is you, command me to walk out onto the boat. Or command me to walk out on the water. That's what it says. And so it kind of shocked me the first time. I grew up hearing this story, but when I really started to dig in, it shocked me that they didn't know who Jesus was at night. Um, granted, there was a storm. It was about 2 in the morning when it says for night in the Bible. It means about 2 in the morning, storm, pitch black, and you're in the middle of the ocean, so you're not really, really expecting anybody to come up to you at that point. And it took me back to the time that when I was in high school. My dad was my high school assistant principal, and I could hear him in my, in my classroom walking down the hallway by the jingle of his keys. Um, I could tell a couple of things by the jingles of his keys. I could tell how mad he was uh, if he was chasing after a student or if he was in a hurry to get somewhere. Um, by, and then I could tell kind of the general area of where he's going. I went to Robinson, so there was a total of three hallways. Um, and you could kind of hear wherever he was. And not only could I just kind of hear and sense where he was, if he were to walk into my classroom, I could have my headphones in, looking down at my paper, listening to music, and he could open the door, and instantly I would know that he was there. I would know that he was there from his presence because we have this relationship. I grew up around him. I know who he is. I know who my dad is, and I could tell where he was pretty much in the vicinity of anywhere because I did life with him and so that's what shocked me that these disciples didn't necessarily know if Jesus was there or not but when I started rereading the question and Peter asked if it is you command me to come out to the water he, Peter knew only Jesus had the power to walk on water Peter knew only Jesus could command him to come walk out on water, and he wouldn't drown. Because he knew once he stepped over that boat, once he stepped onto that water, that he was either going to die or he was going to see Jesus. Uh, and he was going to go meet him and pull off the coolest party trick ever. And so there was faith 
in that question when it was disguised as doubt. It was, to me, when I first read that, that was a recognition of, okay, they're, he, they're testing Jesus. When in reality, he's saying, I'm going to give my life here to make sure that it's you, to make sure that it's nobody else, because I fully and wholeheartedly trust that you have the power to step out. And prior to this, the disciples saw a huge miracle in itself. Um, If you look up to the story above, it was the death of John the Baptist. Uh, And so they were trying to actually retreat from the crowds. And the crowds met them. And so Jesus gracefully fed 5,000 men plus women and children and out of baskets and had leftovers. And so you see that they just witnessed the bread of life. They just witnessed the feeding of multitudes out of nothing And they've witnessed before, they've witnessed him calming storms, they've witnessed him doing all this, they know that he has the power to do this. And yet, they still, their initial response was fear. And Peter was faithful enough that he stepped out onto that water, and so we'll continue with Jesus saying, and he said, come, So Peter walked out onto the boat, onto the water, and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. He got distracted. And there are times that I have practiced for things. This wasn't a practice. But... There are times I can think back to a time of my first dance recital. Um, and I had practiced and practiced, and I was five. And <laughs> But I remember this so vividly that I, during my tap dance, I dropped my cane. Um, and it fell, and it rolled right off the stage. And right then and there, I stopped. I did not know what to do. I kept dancing eventually, I think. I don't know. All I remember is the fear from dropping my cane. Uh, And Peter, all he could think about once he stepped up onto the water was the fear of the waves and the fear of the water and the storm and the wind. And he realized, he started looking around going, what am I doing? I'm out here and I am, I don't, I'm walking on water. And he started realizing that, he lost sight of Jesus when he started sinking. And I think that in our lives, that happens a lot. We start, we ask Jesus for something. We ask Jesus for opportunities. We ask for prayers, and they get answered, or they're starting to be answered. And we start realizing that they're not going the exact way as we planned. They're not going the way that we want them to go. And we start looking at the waves or the winds or the events in our lives. The video that was played, 
I personally thought that that was the most annoying video with all the miss keys and Chris is nodding his head over here going, yeah, it was, thank you. <laughs> it made him cringe, it made me cringe. Uh, but each time a word stuck out to me, each time a word that brought up a distraction of something in my life, whether that was anxiety, whether that was fear, whether that was a relationship, whether that was family. Sometimes good things can distract. School distracts me a lot from things. And I have learned that those distractions are something that I can be focused on until, and then I realize I'm starting to drown. And I got two responses here. So Peter has two responses coming up. He has, you can drown, or you have a lifeline, and it's Jesus. And so Jesus, or in verse 31, we'll pick back up, and he says, immediately Jesus reached out his hand and took, took a hold of him, saying, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt me? And they got into the boat, and the wind ceased. And, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. And when they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gerasene. And so Peter immediately cried out, Lord, save me. He realized that he was being distracted. He realized that the waves and the wind were catching his attention and his eyes were no longer on Jesus. And he said, Lord, save me. And I see Jesus' reaction after they get back into the boat. Uh, the storm had calmed, and, you, and he says, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt me? Now, that kind of hurt. I was like, wow, okay. Uh, because I doubt a lot. And I see that every person falls at one point or another. And it's not about how you fall. Um, it's, not about, it's about how you handle you're falling. And Peter did something that I don't know if I could have done in the first place in this situation. If I was walking on water with Jesus, I would probably try and start swimming personally before I ever called out to Jesus saying, save me. Even though he was the one that had the power to let me walk on water. And he was the one that I needed to keep my eyes on. Yet, I probably, personally, would have just started trying to swim back to the boat. And so the faith that Peter had in not only stepping out onto that one area of the water, the sea, but he also kept his eyes. And when he lost his sight, he turned back. And continually turned back and reached out his hand for salvation. When he got back to the boat, Jesus said, why did you doubt? We had this going, Peter. This could have been the coolest party trick. Like, what were you doing? And I can just kind of picture the 11, other 11 disciples in the boat going, he's really doing this. He's really jumping out onto this water. He's really 
what is he doing? We all know that the sea isn't kind. We all know that there's a storm. Why would you jump out? I wouldn't jump out of a kayak in the lake, like, and just kind of expect it. But he's jumping out of a boat in a sea to go walk. And so there's so many emotions packed into these few, few verses. There's fear. There is faith. There's love. There's grace. There's salvation. And all of these emotions are something that we experience every single day. These are emotions that we find ourselves in. I find myself in them daily. All of them. And it is about how we deal with the daily emotions and the daily distractions of turning our eyes towards Jesus and stepping out onto faith, asking the bold questions, asking the doubtful questions. At first, it seemed like Peter was trying to doubt. It seemed that Peter was trying to kind of test Jesus. And it turned out to be a question of faith so that he knew that he was truly the Son of God. So when he got back into the boat, the, everybody in the boat worshipped, saying truly he was the Son of God. And not only did everybody in the boat worship, the storm was calmed. Peter was safe. And Jesus was like, come on, Peter. <laughs> like, you know me. And if this didn't prove it to you, I don't know what will. That I have you. That I will save you. That it, all it takes is an acknowledgement. All it takes is a hand out to reach. And there have been many daily things that have happened. A lot of them are in school when I'm so stressed. And I have, students and I talk about this all the time, we have six papers, two tests, a basketball game, a track meet, a dance competition, a band, band concert, and our attention is spread so thin that I can go and I'm like, wow, I haven't read my Bible in like two days. I haven't read my Bible in a week. I haven't really sat down and besides my prayer, like my car prayers, really sat down and prayed in like three weeks. Wow. I've been so distracted on everything. I've been distracted on my schoolwork. I've been distracted on my work. I've been distracted on my family life. I've been distracted. And they're not inherently bad things. They're not bad things. But they are things that take our eyes off of Jesus. I think that Peter was not only just looking at 
the waves and the wind, but he was looking down at the water going, I'm actually doing this. I'm actually walking on water here. This is, defies all odds of human nature. This defies all odds, and I'm actually doing this. And you see that, and you, he starts to sink when he acknowledges the outside. And so ways that I've always heard growing up is you have to have the Lord in everything. And I always wondered, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean to love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength? And then I look at this passage and I see not, I relate a lot to Peter here of being distracted, of being, he wanted to love the Lord and he did. And then he got distracted for a moment and then he came back. And I feel that is a lot of what a daily Christian walk is like. And when I see that, I'm comforted. I'm comforted that even the people that spent day in and day out with Jesus had the same struggles that I do. I'm comforted in the fact that Jesus still, no matter how many times I get distracted, will extend his arm and save me. I'm comforted in the fact that I may get distracted and I may start to sink but I always know where to turn to and so as humans we will mess up we will miss our mark and we will be we will fall we will doubt we will get distracted. But we also will have faith. We will walk. And we will be safe when we turn our eyes back to Jesus. And so now we are transitioning into a time of reflection and response. Chris is going to come back up with the band and lead us in a song of response. And before that, I would like to pray, and then we will have our prayer of confession after the song, so remain standing. So. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for sending your son. I thank you for the grace that you bestow on us daily. Lord, be with us as we walk through our daily lives, continuing to strive to walk closer to you, Lord. Thank you for this opportunity and this love that this congregation has had over me. But most of all, thank you for your son, Jesus. And it is in his name we pray. Amen. If you would, please stand with us.
join me in the word, the yellow word. We confess to each other and to you, our creator, that we fall short of being what we created to be and what we have been committed ourselves to be. Hear us, forgive us, renew our resolve to build the kingdom of Christ. We often seek out the easiest paths, paths of least involvement in places that we might be uncomfortable or paths of self-centeredness. Hear us, forgive us, renew our resolve to build the kingdom of righteousness. We confess to you that we have not loved you with all of our hearts, with all of our souls, with all of our minds, and with all of our strengths. Bring us out of the darkness, Lord, and into your light of your love. Hear us, forgive us, renew our resolve to build the kingdom of light. Forgive us for getting so caught up in the world's trappings and the false messages of hope that we lose sight of the hope of the kingdom, which brings healing and peace to a world of turmoil. Hear us, forgive us, renew our resolve to build the kingdom of peace. May we resolve to be more kingdom-minded, to be peacemakers here and now. Amen. Amen. 